0: Looking for donated items, arts, crafts, food, fabric, and yarn items, as it says. Uh, if you would like to donate or know more, please contact our sister and the district executive, Chris. Uh, I will say, I know they are figuring out how the food items are going to work. So if you would like to donate something that you made that's edible, It doesn't need to be ready right at the time of the conference because it might actually take a week or two before everything is set out and. Pies just don't last that long. At least I've never known a pie that last that long but that's for other reasons. Softball for today has been canceled Um, Mount Pleasant is unable to play. So that game has been canceled for today. Are there any other announcements you wish to share? Correct. The deacons will be meeting next Sunday following worship here at the church. As we move into our time of sharing prayers, I invite you to to look at the list that's listed in in the bulletin for those of our brothers and sisters who we continue to hold up in our hearts as they As they deal with the various things that have come up in their lives. What else would you like to pray for today? Of course. Our sister Janice, who who has recently gone through those eye surgeries, is doing quite well. However, she has twisted her knee and is unable to put weight on it right now. Um, So I think she's still figuring out what exactly everything that's happened down there. So. Hold her in your prayers. Congratulations to the Boswell family, to Colin, Aaliyah, and Liam, and of course to our sister uh, Carrie and our brother Dustin. We are so happy that this is going forward and I I don't know what else to say. We are so happy that this has finally come about. We know it's been a long time in process. And for those of you who are at home and couldn't actually hear his announcement, the adoption is to happen tomorrow, officially. So. Yes. (laughs) Dustin, you're allowed to celebrate a day early if you want. (laughs) You've already been a dad. (laughs) dad, Yep. Oh, Dick. I'm sorry here. So Bill, Bill had a fall. And, and yeah, you don't know how the process is going to go for healing. And pray that he's able to come back. Did I see Bernita? No? Okay. You're, you're just pointing me over to Dick. If you'll join me then in the call to worship. Oh, I'm sorry. One last announcement before I forget. Uh, Next week, we will be moving back towards a more usual, normal worship that we were used to having. Um, So next week, we will be starting to re-include hymns in our regular worship time. We feel safe and ready to do that at this point, but I did want to let you know in case that you may be uncomfortable. If you have any questions that you want to ask, please reach out to me. I'm happy to talk. You'll join with me then in the call to worship. Through the life, sacrifice, and resurrection of Christ, we have been given freedom in all things. But we know that all things are not good for us or your kingdom. Help us to curtail those temptations that don't bring glory to your kingdom. Help us to place the faith journeys our brothers and sisters ahead of our own pleasures. God, teach us to love better, to see how our choices and actions affect those around us. God, teach us. As you love us. If you'll join me, uh, if you'll join in listening to the opening music. Oh. You'll pray with me. Holy Creator, Holy Father. We gather in this space today to worship you. We gather in this space today to celebrate. All those earthly fathers we have. Our dads, our grandfathers, our uncles, our dear friends who have led us in paths. Help us as we walk our own paths to reflect you, to reflect your way, to be as fathers and mothers to those we encounter and to recognize those who helped us on our paths. As we gather in this space today, God, we remember our brothers and sisters who are struggling in illness, who are struggling with grief. We lift them up to you for healing, for strength. We lift up Bill and pray that he'll be able to heal and return home. We lift up our sister Janice, who has healed so well from her surgery and now is dealing with something new. And we dance, God. We dance in celebration of all those amazing things that have happened in our lives. We dance for joy for the Boswells as they are able to finally take this last big step on a very long and often difficult journey. God, who walks with us in the light and the dark, hold us up in moments of grief and celebrate with us in times of triumph. Holy One, Holy Three, We thank you and amen. I don't remember putting celebrating or remembering our fathers in here right here, but that's okay. (laughs) I don't know what to say about dads. They're amazing. And they're with us for always. As I stand up here, As many of you know, this is not the way I was planning to celebrate Father's Day this year, but that's okay. But I will say one of the most powerful experiences I've had is my dad coming to be with us. My father is not the most emotionally expressive person. I've never seen him cry until recently knowing what kind of what I was feeling and what he was feeling. It reminds us of our Holy Father, of God. The pain of experience of the loss of a child and how hard that is and how God was willing To go through that pain with us. To understand. To live our experience with us. It's a somewhat comforting thought. In moments of pain. Dads are amazing. They walk with you. When times are hard. They lift you up. And they give you strength. So. I invite everyone here who is a father by biology or a grandfather or a father by relationship. You know, my daughter will always have more than one dad, both my daughters. Because it isn't just the people that we're blood-related to. Sometimes it's best friends, uncles, uncles by name only. Like our uncle Brandon, my wife's best friend. So, if you fit any of those categories, I invite you to stand up. And if you have anyone in your life who you consider a father, in this life or waiting for you the other side, I invite you to clap. So, if you have a if you are a father, please stand. And if you have a father, please clap for them. Thank you all, thank you. So going in today's passage, it's our continuation with First Corinthians. I walked away from my notes as I did this, I believe eight through 10. <laughs> What is our responsibility to the community? What is our responsibility to ourselves? That's a struggle that Paul dealt with. It's been a struggle that the church has dealt with ever since. There's a, another brother and pastor, her name is Dana Cassel, Dan, Dana Castle. I'm probably pronouncing half of it right each time. I'm not sure now but she was recently writing on this, and I found her post intriguing. We consider it the Church of the Brethren is a hybrid church. There was Abraham, uh, Abraham <laughs> Alexander Mack, ay, 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 along with the other fathers and mothers of the church, who many of them came from a Reformed or Lutheran tradition. They were Pietist, though. They took it to the next level. But they were affected by their Anabaptist neighbors. And so that's the Church of the Brethren was born, it took these pietist tendencies, which is about your personal relationship with God, with your personal walk with Christ, about listening to the Holy Spirit inside. And it took that and it matched it with the Anabaptist. And the Anabaptists talk much more about it's, it's the Matthew church. You know, What is our relationship with the Bible, with the scripture? What is your relationship with the community? And so we have this natural tension between the two. What's good for me and what's good for the community? We live in a country, in a world that celebrates the individual. But we're also part of a faith that calls us to be responsible to our brothers and sisters. And so as we encounter Paul today, we will hear this same tension which started all the way back in the beginning as the Corinthians try to figure out what it means to be a follower of Christ as someone who is freed in Christ and someone who is bound to the church. Dear Paul I Sosthenes a servant of Jesus in the city of Corinth greet you brother Paul apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ who is currently teaching the gospel to our, to our <laughs> teaching the gospel of the Messiah to those in Ephesus may the Lord continue to bless and keep me as I work to serve the church of my city I thank him daily for the work of the Holy Spirit in my life and the work God does through my hands. May I find ways to bring glory to God and bring the assembly of my faith, of my community, closer to the perfection of Jesus. Amen. Brother Paul, I know it may seem silly to write to you as this letter, as I will soon be with you and will be the one actually handing the letter to you. But in the journey from Corinth to Ephesus, I fear I may forget a detail or two, so I will be compending some of my thoughts to this letter. There has arisen a problem in the community concerning meat. Should brothers and sisters eat meat ...or other foods that were dedicated to pagan gods. As you know, meat is not often available or affordable to many of our numbers. Except, of course, during pagan holidays. When nearly all the meat that's available in the market has been dedicated to idols first. Some brothers and sisters argue that we all know that idols are nothing but stone and wood and therefore and therefore the ceremony of sacrifice is meaningless and the food is untainted but others disagree they argue that interacting in any way with pagan idols and pagan worship is dangerous for the soul They are adamant that those believers who eat the food are sinning. Sadly, this question of eating has led to other unforeseen problems. There are those who are new to the faith or are new to the, or at the edge of the church, who have become confused. They seem to believe that Jesus is just another deity that they can worship alongside Poseidon and Caesar. I think your words on this could help brother Paul. You might be able to fix this problem though I will warn you not everyone will listen. A few have claimed that you must be a second rate preacher since you do not charge for your lessons as most teachers do. There are even those who think it's embarrassing that you live a life as an itinerant bachelor craftsman when you aren't preaching and think it's evidence that you are less of a leader of the way than James or Peter. I look forward to talking with you soon, brother. Your dear friend, who will soon be on his way to you, Sosthenes. Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 8-10. through 10. I've also been informed that there is a great deal of confusion about food sacrificed to idols. I was told your opinion was because you, quote, unquote, all possess the knowledge. Don't become arrogant in knowing things, brothers and sisters. Knowledge is like cotton candy. Sure, it's sweet to the taste. And when you get it, it looks massive. But it's pretty much all air and empty calories. Love is different. Love is solid and nourishing. It builds you up like a good apple. You may think you know, but you do not understand yet. But if you love God, then God, the only one who truly understands and knows things, will know you. Anyway, you claim that everyone knows that an idol is meaningless and that there is no other God besides God. I agree with you, mostly, because it isn't about knowing this thing or that. It's about faith in the God who made us and all things and in the Lord Jesus, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Besides, you cannot claim that everyone knows this or that. You have many brothers and sisters, not to mention those who have not yet come to Christ to know Jesus, who have grown up believing that things offered to the idols makes them different, that it's a meaningful act. And now as Christians, that food has become forbidden. They are weak Still, they have not your knowledge that eating food offered to sacrifices does not cause judgment by God. They'd rather just avoid the whole issue altogether. So be careful. Be careful and do not make your knowledge and your freedom to exercise your rights become a hurdle to others. If you eat in an idol's temple... Before someone who is weak in faith, whose fault? Whose fault is it that they are confused? Or they think it's okay to worship an idol? Your knowledge that has been told to you makes it okay that you can eat the food. But now it has caused weakness. It has caused your weak sibling to sin. Christ died for you. Christ died for them and that you and the stumbling block you have put before them for your own comfort and pleasure and because of your arrogance is a sin against Christ and I will not be a party to such sin if I must give up the joy of a good burger to avoid tempting my brothers and sisters into sin consider me a vegetarian take me for example don't i have rights don't i have freedoms not only as a man and a christian but even special rights as an apostle you know that i am one of the secret couriers the one who has seen the risen christ who has been given commands you are all a testament of my call and my role as an apostle because you have joined the way, because this church has grown from my work. As an apostle, as a speaker, as a teacher of Christ's way, don't I have a right to be sustained by that community that I started? Or to marry and travel with a believer wife, just like Peter and the brother of of Jesus? Or is there some exception That Barnabas and I, that we can't choose how we earn our living. Look, I get it. Generally, people don't do things for free. Those who are at risk and put their lives at risk are paid. Those who invest time and resources expect a share of the proceeds. It's even in the law. Take the ox. The ox is a worker who has no rights. But God commands that it is given free reign to eat of his labor while treading out the grain. If God cares for the rights of the lowly ox, how much more do you think God cares about all of us? So it is written, Whoever plows and threshes should be able to do so in the hope of sharing in the harvest. Barnabas and I sowed the spiritual seeds that have grown into your congregation. Should we not reap the rewards of the materials and support from it? We have a right. We have a right to claim a living wage from you, just as the priests were given a share. ...of the food sacrificed in the Lord's temple. But that's not what we wanted. That's not what we asked for, and it's not what we claimed. Instead, we chose a path that allowed those resources to continue to grow and support the gospel. I have given up on these rights, and I don't tell you this because I want you all to start supporting me. It is my joy to live like this. It is my joy to preach, and I cannot boast of this preaching... For it is who I am, it is who God made me, and I joyously proclaim the gospel, and may I never preach my own words. So, what is the reward that I have in this labor that God has assigned me to? Simply that I can offer the gospel free of charge to any who would hear it, that I can use my freedom as God's. Apostle. But even though. Even though I am free. From answering to any human. I have made myself a servant. So that I can bring. The gospel. To all. For instance. For the Jews. I follow the Torah. The ancient law. Even though I'm free from that law. For they best understand Jesus through the law to the Gentiles I have followed a life that isn't under the law though I am always under Christ's law for those who are new and weak in their faith I have lived as one who is also weak to temptation and sin when I visit Cleveland I root for the Browns despite past performances And in Cincinnati, I claim the Bengals have a chance this year. I make myself accessible and understandable to everyone. I have become all things to all people. So by all possible means, I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Consider those Greek athletes you Corinthians and other Greeks like so much. The ones who go and compete in your Olympics and Isthmus games and all the others. There's only ever one winner of every event. But there is a lot of athletes. They all train rigorously. But only one will get that crown. And that crown is only made of olive or laurel or pine wood or celery. Those things will rot. We, however, we are after a crown that will last to the end of ages and beyond. So train like a professional athlete. No, train harder than a professional athlete on your body and your spirit so that you may conquer yourself and make yourself a servant. I will keep trying for the prize. Look, I know you are all wise people. And I don't want you, though, to make decisions without all the facts. So remember, remember our ancestors of faith and blood. They underwent a baptism just like us. But they went through the parted sea and they were baptized by the cloud of God. They ate sacred food and drank sacred drink just as we do. They were given life-saving and life-sustaining water from the rock just as we are. But despite all of this, most of them still displeased God with their sins and their bodies are now scattered across the deserts. Look to their example. Know what happens to those who embrace sin with their hearts. Do not be idolaters. They partied and reveled to excess. They engaged and indulged in sexual immorality. Don't follow their example. For God struck down 23,000 that day. Some tested God. They were impatient. They were unbelieving. And so God sent snakes to thin them out. Others grumbled against God. And God sent a destroying angel that, small, that cold their numbers. Don't follow their path. These are examples of history written down to warn us of what sinful behavior buys us. So stand firm. Don't let yourself fall into temptation. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to every person. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you cannot bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way so that you can endure it. So run. Run. Don't walk from idolatry, my dear friends. Let me tell you what I think and what I would say to someone who's very sensible. And consider what I would say to them and see if you agree. You see, we celebrate the Lord's promise at the table together. We drink the cup of blessing and celebrate the Lord's promise. Celebrate and give thanks to the blood of Christ. We eat of the broken bread and participate in the body of Christ. We are many, but we share the one loaf. We are many, but we share the one cup. We become one with Jesus, and we become one together. This relationship is not just vertical. It's not just between us and God and Jesus above us it's also horizontal it's about the relationship between us and all of our brothers and sisters who partake in this meal with us so remember the histories the story of israel to eat food from a sacrifice purposefully is to take part in that sacrifice you before you get confused yes an idol is just an idol it's just wood It's just metal or stone or plaster or whatever they make it of. I'm not in the business of making and knowing what idols are. Yes, it's empty. But behind it are evil spirits. Demons whose powers were stripped away by the Messiahs rising from the grave. Don't participate in their worship in any way. For just as I have said before to you again and again, you cannot mix what is holy and divine that has been given to you with what is holy. You have sat at the Lord's table. You carry the Holy Spirit within. Don't sit at the demon's table. Don't test God like those in the wilderness. Do you think you are better and stronger than them? Do you think you are better and stronger than God? But you say, I have a right to do anything. Look, not everything is beneficial. You say, I have a right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should ever seek their own good, but the good of others. So, if you go to the market and you want to buy meat, buy meat. Don't worry about whether it was dedicated to an idol or not. Don't ask, for everything is God's. If you are invited to a pagan's house and you want to go eat, go eat. Eat whatever they put in front of you. Be a good guest. Don't question the origin, though. But let's consider. Maybe your host is very conscientious and knows of your faith and warns you that this dish or that dish was offered in sacrifice. In that case, politely refuse. I don't tell this for your own sake, because you know that this meat is meaningless behind it. I tell it to you for the consciousness of the host, who may one day find his way to Christ. And I tell it to you, for the other believers who may be dining with or observing you, they may not be as strong as you in your faith. So be weak for them. I know you are wondering, questioning, why should my freedom, my rights be judged by others? And why should I be denounced if I, give, if I eat something that I thank God for? Whenever you eat or drink, do so in a manner that brings glory to God. In fact, it doesn't stop at the table. All things you do should bring glory to God. And do you know what not doesn't bring glory? What is a shame before God? Engaging in actions that could cause a brother or sister to stumble or brings difficulty to the community of Christ. You know I am trying my best to live this kind of life, to follow in the footsteps of Christ. So please, brothers and sisters, follow my example and do your best to live like Christ as well. Thank you. I feel like I need to go back and just preface. I guess this is postface what Paul said. Paul doesn't actually mean that you should always 100% of the time live to make yourself perfectly preferable to every other person. <laughs> he doesn't go that far. But he does warn you to think about every single one of your actions. when you go into a restaurant and you greet a a server, how do you treat them? When you go to the grocery store, when you go into any place of business, when you're at the park with friends, when you are talking to your spouse or loved ones or a stranger or what you're doing is your actions. Are you bringing glory to God? Are you showing a Christian life in every choice you make? Paul challenges us to consider what will help those who see us living our lives. Even if you're doing something that's perfectly okay, according to the Gospels, is what you're doing bringing glory to God? Is it bringing those who watch you into step with what Christ calls calls us to? Or are you just laying out stumbling blocks for those who don't fully yet understand? I don't know if I'm among the strong or the weak. I just don't know. But I'll try to do my best to live as the weak. To try and live as if I can always stumble because let's face it, even the strong stumble. And I don't want to be a cause of making someone else do that too. So, as you go out this week, bring glory to God. Bring glory to God when you eat. Bring glory to God when you drink. Bring glory to God when you point. (laughs) Bring glory to God in all actions that you make. Bring glory in all men.